This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jordan Hill. Got Rusty Mansell with me on this Tuesday. Another day of a big week for Georgia as they get ready to play Tennessee at 3.30 on Saturday. Rusty, uh, how is this Tuesday treating you as we get just a little bit closer? It's it's taking a while, man, but we're going to get to that game day before too long. I mean, first of all, you can tell what type of week it's been. I had shaved. I mean, I just took a quick shower this morning and you go to one thing to the next. Done a couple of pods this morning already. I mean, it's – look, it's new territory. It's one versus two, uh, which I think only – this will be the fourth time or the third time in the history of the SEC it's ever happened. So, um you know, it's that type of week. I'm trying to get the recruiting list together, which is going to be probably as stacked as I've ever seen under Kirby Smart for a home game. And I, I do think this will uh, certainly pass the 2019 Notre Dame list when it's all said and done. For everyone who is listening to us live or listening to us after the fact, I, I really encourage you guys to go back and listen to the podcast we recorded on Monday where Rusty went in full detail about what he's expecting and also – Obviously, got to recommend going to Dogs247, subscribing to get a look at this list because it's coming day by day, and already it's very impressive. And by Saturday, there's no telling uh, just how full it's going to be and, and who all is going to be on hand. Um, a lot to talk about today, Rusty, and I think we got to start with what was essentially breaking news this morning. Uh, we knew mm-hmm. Nolan Smith got hurt in that yeah. game against Florida. Turns out he has torn his pec. He is going to be out for the rest of the season, expecting surgery later this week. Uh, just how big of a loss is this to lose a guy like Nolan Smith, veteran on this defense, and also who do you think um, they're going to be counting on to step up in Nolan's absence? Uh, high energetic, you know, very vocal guy. I think Nolan, uh, very underrated for his past, you know, what he can do setting the edge against the run, you know, very physical player. Obviously, the play, I think he got hurt on. He chased a, a running back down and, and kind of stretched forward. And, um, you know, you just don't replace Nolan Smith overnight. Now, they've got they've got guys behind them. This is the next man up. You've got to, you've got to step up and, and, and make your play there. Um, you know, Adam Anderson last year, for, for an obvious reason, was no longer at Georgia. And you get, you know, you, in steps Robert Beal. Now, Robert Beal. Um, it was not the player Adam Anderson is, but he still gives you a lot, gives you a lot of effort and and plays hard. So, you know, committee-wise, uh, I think this is going to be, a, um, you know, one of those uh, deals. I, I do think if you look for a little tweak here and there, I think you're going to see a lot more of Michael Williams standing up. And that that was kind of the, the flexibility of him, you know, as a player. He can play with his hand down in the five technique uh, or he can play standing up. And uh, so, you know, you look at Nolan uh, – 
playing mostly stand up there for Georgia. I think you're going to see Michael Williams from a 13 get a lot bigger role. Uh, you're going to see Marvin Jones Jr., who, who should be back from the flu. He's still a little bit banged up, but you know, he's playing through injuries as well, uh, of, of true freshman. And Chaz Chambliss is a guy that obviously Jordan played a lot Saturday, so we'll see you know what they do with him as well. So there's there's different guys there that can fit that role. Uh, you know how, how they how they do that. Uh, they've got a whole week to decide, but you know you hate it. Kind of I mentioned on the board last night that didn't sound good from what I was hearing. I was hoping the second opinion. Um, was going to be different. Obviously, it wasn't. Uh, Torn Peck, uh, probably the same injury as J.J. Watt, four or five month rehab, going to have surgery, I believe, tomorrow, uh, and that that'll do it for his Georgia career. So, uh, you know, a kid I've known since eighth grade, and I'll say this about Nolan, uh, he loves the game of football. So I expect him to play in NFL, and I expect him at some point one day to be. He's going to be coaching somewhere. He just he just loves it. High high energy guy. And, um, you know, I know that he is, breaks his heart. He can't be around to play in a game like this. Been around a long time, but part of a national championship team, make some plays there, play that lot of football at the University of Georgia. And, uh, you know, I think senior day, um, when he when he's able to at least walk in on that field and get recognized in that Georgia Tech game, he will get a hell of a uh, ovation. No doubt about it. Best wishes to Nolan. Always a great interview. He was always very awesome. charismatic when you talked yeah. to him and saw a lot of Georgia fans uh, showing that replay of that sack he had in the uh, championship game kind of gave the, the night-night sign uh, after sacking Bryce Young. But yeah, you mentioned the guys are going to be counting on and also MJ Sherman's another option along sure. with those guys. I saw someone in the comments, uh, Brad Eagler asked about Darius Smith. Uh, I had asked about uh, him to Kirby on Monday said it was a head injury that he suffered in that game. They don't know when he's going to be back. You know, true freshman, you wouldn't necessarily expect him to step up and have played a bigger role now that Nolan's out. But, you know, they're going to be counting on people uh, to step up and be able to make plays uh, with Nolan out. And I want to get your thoughts on this, too. A big part of Nolan and what Nolan brings to the table is his leadership. And that's something – Kind of ironically, Kirby was asked about last week going into the Florida game, you know, the the leadership aspect of Nolan. He said his leadership's, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but is is greater than his ability, and his ability is really, really high. I mean, that mm. just talks about the way Nolan leads. Can you just speak to what you had seen of the kind of leader that Nolan is and, and maybe some of the guys we should keep an eye on that can try to help fill what obviously is a huge void now? Very similar to Richard account. And I'll say this, like the quote I was told, he doesn't shut up. And, you know, Nolan is such high energy. He's all, he was always, you know, talking to somebody, talking smack, which is about football, you know, encouraging his guys, you know, challenging people. Uh, Nolan is, if you knew him uh, or know him, he, he's just that way. And Richard account was the same way. Richard was always talking and, uh, you know, kind of the same similarity. So, you know, there's some guys that 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 have to step up. And, you know, you see Jamon Dumas Johnson in, in the game early this year kind of, you know, having some words for a teammate on the sidelines that this time for those those types of guys. Chris Smith is a guy, I think, defensively. I think Chris Smith is a guy uh, that can really, uh, you know, step into that role and be that kind of guy. Um, it's a fifth-year player there. Uh, and, and you look at those senior I, – I, Here's the thing that and don't I don't want to sound like cocky about this, but I don't worry about leadership at Georgia right now because of the experience and the culture. These guys have been in big games. They've been in big games all the way to the top level, you know, and uh, this is a this is another big game for them. They played Alabama and SC championship. They played Michigan on the big stage last year. I mean, a lot of these guys were 
were there, even though they might not have been in the game. Uh, they've been in those environments. They know what's expected of them practice-wise. Uh, it's not a. It's a. It's it. It's Georgia football is not for everybody. I, I can tell you that it is. It is a physical, demanding uh, program under Kirby Smart. And you know the ones that you know Alabama's the same way. Ohio State's the same way. I'm not trying to single just Georgia out, but uh, I don't worry so much about leadership with that. I think Georgia. Um, I, I think Georgia will be fine. Uh, there's an expectations. I guess is what I'm trying to say, Jordan. There's an expectations at Georgia. And, and those players are not going to let that slip because of Nolan's not in that huddle. Speaking to that, you know, when I think about Nolan, two things come to mind from a leadership perspective. And it was during the spring. And I know I put this on our board when it happened. We were out at practice and he had had a scrape or something. And part of his shoulder had a little bit of blood on it. And a trainer walked over to kind of work on him and he kind of shoot him off. He's like, I got to go back in. I got to go back in. And he ran off, went back in the in the, for the rep. Uh, but the other thing that I think about is the fact that uh, when we were at the South Carolina game, you know, people listening can remember Georgia had a shutout till really, really late in that game. And, you know, the, the, the game was already decided, you know, Georgia was going to win. It was really the only question was, are they going to get the shutout? And the, you know, the backups are in for Georgia, South Carolina scores late. So after the game, you know, Nolan Smith was asked about this. Uh, you know, like, hey, you know, you guys performed well. They scored a touchdown, but it was late. It was on the backups. And Nolan kind of got fired up and was like, look, don't, you know, the the guys that are in the game, it doesn't matter if they're starters. Y'all see them as starters, but, you know, they, they are just as much starters as we are. We don't see it that way. You know, we as a defense gave up points. Doesn't matter who's out there. And I say that, one, to show you what Nolan – uh, you know, thinks about the other guys and, and the people that do contribute, whether they're stars or not. Rusty, on the other end, nowhere near Nolan, I was talking to Jamon Dumas Johnson, and I basically asked the same question was, hey, you know, defense played really well. They got a score late, but like you guys weren't in the game. It was the backups. And Rusty Jamon said pretty much the same thing. He's like, that don't matter. He said the backup, you know, whether y'all call them backups. They're not backups. They're out there in the game. Jamon is a guy I expect to step up, but two, to me, that just speaks so highly of that that attitude. That mm -hmm. that's all those guys on defense, and and I'm sure it's very similar on offense. That's just sort of the expectation. And I think uh, you lose a guy like Nolan, it hurts. You can't say that it doesn't hurt. But they've got guys that I think are capable, particularly on that leadership perspective, of stepping up and helping this team continue to compete. I've heard Kirby Smart tell his story at a coaching clinic, and I'll get, take you back to not a great time for Georgia, but the 2015 Georgia-Alabama game when they ran through Georgia in a, in a, a repeat game. Uh, the only play they gave up, only touchdown they gave up was Nick Chubb on a long run. Well, Reuben Foster busted a gap, and Darren Reed, who or Durant, wanted to be a first-round draft pick, he was trying to fight Reuben Foster on the sideline. They had to keep them separated because Reuben – what was the score? 40 to seven or something like that at that point. But you talk about culture at that point. They had a defensive lineman trying to fight a linebacker because he busted a gap and gave up a touchdown. So you look at Kirby Smart was heavily in that program at that time and what he brings over to Georgia. Uh, obviously, that 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 mentality, of what you're saying, or those types of things, um, you, you know, that, that their expectations, uh, whether you're first, second, or third string, if you're on the field for Georgia under this, this, coaching staff and none of these players there's an expectation 
No doubt about it. And it'll be something that we'll get to watch on Saturday. Not only which outside linebackers kind of fill that that void, but also you know, who we see kind of helping on the leadership side of things. Well, Rusty, let's talk about this game on Saturday, and we'll have a chance to talk about it in really in-depth on Wednesday. We're going to uh, partner up with our guys at Vols 247 and do a podcast a little bit uh, later in the afternoon, probably about 245 for everybody listening on Wednesday. We'll have a chance to talk to Patrick Brown and, and uh, preview really in depth that Georgia Tennessee game. But um, what interests you the most going into this game? What, what are the matchups or really just the notes that have really caught your eye as, you know, we get a chance to, to hear Kirby and some of the players talk and, and Josh Heupel and the players up in Tennessee have talked as well. Um, what, what are really your points of interest when it comes to this game on Saturday? Well, you know, I, I think this, we're going to find out a couple of things really quick on Saturday when, when, when we're doing wrap-ups and we're talking about this next week. But as soon as this game's over, I think we're going to know two things. Is Tennessee's offense really this elite, which they have shown every potential time on the field, and is Georgia's defense for real this year? Because Georgia, scheme-wise, to me, is going to play something different than Tennessee has seen all year. They're going – to challenge the wide receivers. I'm not Nick Saban, not pretending to be. I don't know what Alabama kind of did scheme-wise. They played more zone than I've ever seen Alabama do. I don't know if they were trying to protect their back end a little bit uh, against them. Uh, they still scored 49 and got beat. So let's not, you know, Alabama came to play. But, you know, giving up 52 points in that game, they also had 14 penalties. They played sloppy that day. So there's there was a lot of different things you can talk about. We give Tennessee credit for winning that football game. Uh, but I do think we're going to see something different than Tennessee has faced. And they're going to challenge these wide receivers. Uh, they're going to challenge the the offensive line of Tennessee to block these guys one-on-one and give him time to, to get through there. So, um, you know, we're going to find out. I'm not saying the outcome yet, but we're going to find out those two questions. Uh, can Georgia – shut down, what, or not shut down, but get enough stops to get off the field against what many think is the number one offense in the country. And they're rolling right now. I mean, these receivers are rolling. Uh, this offense is rolling. They've got a confident uh, quarterback. It's crazy that we're going to have two quarterbacks playing a game Saturday that have a combined age of 49 and a half years old in a, in a college football game. Uh, basically two 25-year-old guys that they're slinging around. So, and BYU is not involved. There's no, <laughs> there's, there's no double red shirt going on here. So uh, these are two grown men that are playing this game on Saturday. So, uh, you know, I, I think those are kind of the simple things. If you just peel it back, we're going to find out about Georgia's defense and we're going to find out about Tennessee's offense uh, that gets challenged on Saturday uh, in a lot of man-to-man situations. Yeah, I hope uh, Brandon Whedon that played at Oklahoma State, hope he's watching this game somewhere because uh, there's been a few of those guys that uh, had a little bit. Chris Winky too, I guess. Uh, maybe he'll have a chance to watch that one. But uh, two of the things that really struck me talking to Kirby yesterday and talking to the players, um, one is conditioning because everybody's obviously concerned with that. Um, I wrote about this in a story that will go up in about 45 minutes if you're listening to this live, about conditioning and, and the fact that Tennessee is – something like six to last in the entire country in time of possession, but they have the number one scoring offense. So what does that tell you? They're scoring quick. Well, I'll tell you this. I don't think there is much tempo as I've seen. What the advantage of Tennessee is, 
they're scoring explosive plays. They're having chunk plays. Like they don't have to have the ball a long time because Jalen Hyatt is running by people and they're scoring on chunk plays. So, you know, they are they are the ultimate tempo team. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think they're going quite as fast as I've seen in the last two years. And I think they realize that, hey, let's make sure we get into the right play, into the right formation, because we've got our guys and we're going to make you cover them. So, uh, you know, they're they're so explosive, confident. I watched Jalen Hyatt get interviewed tonight. It was very, very impressive to hear him talk about we're not worried about last week, we're not worried about this. We're not we're worried about going one and oh. So, you know, Georgia is gonna have their hands full. It's gonna I wrote yesterday, it's gonna be a big, it's gonna be a big day uh for Keely Ringo and Kamari Lasseter and those guys covering. Um, you know, you look at Malachi Starks on the back end, he had a couple busts this weekend. So you look at a, you know, I, I can guarantee you right now, Tennessee is going to test Malachi Starks. They're going to get him in some situations to see if he'll bust a coverage. I'm not talking about testing him athletically. I'm talking about testing him mentally. Is he covering the right person uh, on balls? So we'll see. We'll see for a couple of people, a couple of DBs on Saturday. Yeah, talking to Zion Logue about the conditioning aspect of it. You know, he said we had a saying all summer that winter's going to come asking you what you did all summer. And this is going to be one of those tests. He said that, you know, people remember what you do in November was what he told us. And they're going to get tested and it's going to be something to watch. And the other aspect that I, I was really intrigued by was how good Tennessee's run defense has been. And, you know, part of that is credit to a guy a lot of people remember. Rodney Garner is the defensive line coach up there yep. at Tennessee. Obviously yep. coach forever at Georgia and has been at Auburn, was at Tennessee previously. And, you know, I asked Kirby about, uh, Coach Garner and, and what you're used to seeing with his defensive lines. And he, he just said toughness. He said yeah, he, he has not that. changed how he coaches defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, he, he coached, you know, he was at Auburn when I covered Auburn. He coached some some damn good defensive linemen, Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson. You know, no surprise to see Tennessee having this kind of success. And very intrigued just to see how Georgia is able to attack them as far as running the ball, again, against a really good defensive front. Well, I, you know, back in the early days, uh, Rodney Garner was at Georgia with, under Mark Rick, and, and you could go to the summer camps, and I could literally, you know, as a reporter, stand beside Rodney Garner and watch him work out. I specifically remember watching him work out Grady Jarrett and uh, Sheldon Rankings from Eastside, and Grady Jarrett was from Rockdale County. And I remember standing there and hearing Rodney Garner tell a guy standing beside him, he goes, we're not going to take that guy, but he's going to be a hell of a player. And he liked Sheldon Rankins at East Side. Well, guess what? Both of them were first round draft picks, I think. Um, so, you know, he he was evaling guys there too, but he knew like that guy was good. And it always it always kind of stuck in me, like, hey, this guy kind of knows this dude exactly knows what who's gonna be good, who's not. And uh watching him coach those kids hard and 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 through reps. So Rodney Garner has been Rodney Garner since he was at Tennessee the first time, since he was at Georgia the first time, you know, Auburn and now the Tennessee, you know, you you know what you're gonna get with him. And he's not going to sugarcoat things. And me and Rodney kind of share a uh, a little bond. You know, we, we kid about when I see each other. You know, he had four girls. I have four girls. Rodney had four girls. He tried for another boy and wound up having a twin girls. So he has six daughters. So, you know, last time I saw him, I told him he had to coach to his 100 paying for weddings. So, uh, but uh, we get, we kind of kind of get a kick out of that. We see each other on the sidelines in a game or two sometime in the fall. Yeah, Coach Garner is one of the best. There's no doubt about it. Uh, well, we'll take a quick break. We're going to come back, talk a little bit more about this game on Saturday, and then also talk about Vince Dooley and, uh, you know, some memories and uh, just thoughts about 
one of the true legends when it comes to Georgia football. So we'll take a quick, a quick break and then we'll be right back. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, everybody. Well, yeah, I see in the comments, Jeff Duran said, do y'all have a score prediction? We're going to save that one. We're going to save that for Wednesday when we have Patrick Brown on, talk about that. And then if you miss it then on Friday, we will have a, a collection that's like the national media predictions along with our own, along with our friends at Vols247. We'll put them in there. So it's only Tuesday, guys. We got to let these cook a little. We got to, you know, me and Rusty, we're going to get together. We're going to turn on an old projector. We're going to be watching some film before we get I have, I have watched more tape, more games this week than I have in the last couple of years. I went back and watched the second half of Florida twice, and I went back and watched the Georgia-Tennessee game uh, last night. And I'll tell you this, um, Hooker missed a touchdown on the second play of the game. Georgia had a busted coverage last year, and he had a, he had a guy running. Now, they did score on the first drive. Uh, in the second drive, but he missed a guy wide open. Georgia had a busted coverage last year. So, um, you know, be interesting. James Cook, I've talked about a little bit. James Cook hurt them last year, uh, especially they put him out. And then he hurt him on some screen plays. So, you know, you look at that defensive package and can Kenny McIntosh, can Georgia get him some situations on some linebackers to kind of, uh, you know, get, see. But that, that, that James Cook game last year against Tennessee might have been his best game in his Georgia career. One other aspect of this game that I wanted to talk about was starting fast. Tennessee has been excellent, even going back to last year, the first year with Josh Heupel of getting points in the first quarter. And, you know, that seems like, you know, Georgia did a much better job, I thought, against Florida. But, you know, we saw in the games where they struggled, particularly offensively, it was about not scoring early and in large part because of self-inflicted issues, whether it was penalties, whether it was those early turnovers. And um, I'm hoping to have a story on Wednesday about those fast starts and the importance of it. Rusty, how big do you feel like that's going to be for this Georgia offense? You know, not letting Tennessee kind of jump out ahead and, and really Georgia valuing these early possessions in this game. Well, it sets the tone, but I, I think, you know, defensively, you you got to set the tone on Tennessee. you got to get them off the field because people have been unable to get them off the field. You know, they, they come right down and score on you. Um, you know, they're going to be fast-paced. And, you know, you, you start talking about it's hard to replicate that in practice. So can Georgia adjust real quick to how fast they run? I don't care what you do. That's what Tennessee does. And uh, you know, you're not going to be 100% prepared until you see it. Uh, I guarantee you this, and I have no insight on this whatsoever. I guarantee you this, that Georgia has been preparing for the Tennessee offense for a long time uh, pace-wise. You know, I remember Kirby Smart finally, 
after Paul Johnson had left, kind of admitted they took two periods every single week, every single week, two periods, and prepared for that triple option. Uh, I, I would not be shocked if Georgia doesn't have a lot more work in on the on the Tennessee pace. You know what they what they do and you know kind of things they work on because you just you know, he kind of said something about yesterday. You prepare all year to get in shape for a game like this. So uh, I, I bet they've done some work to 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 the pace and how fast and uh, not being able to substitute guys. You got to get the right guys and stay on the field because if Tennessee sees you, your hands on your hips, they're going to keep going. Uh, but but right now they've just been getting chunk plays with these wide receivers and huge plays. So. Tackle in space. Somebody asked about Keely Ringo on ball skills. You know, Keely's had a couple of plays this year that you kind of, you know, that's not normal him, but I have zero concerns on how good uh, Keely Ringo can do. And I look forward to these matchups. I, mean, I know these NFL guys are going to be stacked deep in there to watch uh, specifically these Georgia players against this Tennessee offense. Yeah, you talked about preparing for Tennessee. I went back and looked this morning. August 18th, when we were at fall camp, we heard Kirby out there saying, Tennessee's going going fast. He was talking about working on substitutions. There's no doubt that they have been working on this pace to get ready for zero, zero doubt. That I can guarantee you right now that 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 they've been working on this this particular package. You have to, you know, how long, how fast they'll go. Well, before we wrap up this episode, Rusty, I thought um, that it would be a good idea to talk a little bit about Vince Dooley. Vince passed away at 90 years old on Friday. Obviously a legend when it comes to UGA, not only UGA football, but UGA athletics on the whole. Um, you know, we got a chance to hear Kirby Smart talk a good bit about Vince these last few days and obviously other figures uh, when it comes to having been around Vince for so long. Uh, what are your memories when it comes to Vince Dooley and, and obviously just the impact he's had on the entire university uh, in the years that he has uh, played such a big role here? So when I was a middle school uh, young pup, uh, Vince Dooley came in and signed Todd Wheeler from my high school, who wound up being the last captain uh, ever for Vince Dooley, 1987, I believe, or 88, the, that team. And he also signed another uh, player from our high school, John Allen. And so, you know, having Vince Dooley, like, larger than life, come to, like, our high school and our little community, to, to, you know, that's kind of my first memories. Like this guy is actually here, uh, just our little town, uh, to see these players, but what he meant to the university of Georgia, uh, not only as a coach, but after he stepped down as an athletic director, all the things he did in the community it's crazy. The amount of like on Facebook and social media and stuff, the amount of times he was engaging with people. And uh, Jordan, if I'm correct, he was, he signed autographs, what, two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, um, just uh, just uh, they don't make them like that anymore. You know, I, somebody asked me, do you ever think we'll see a Vince Dooley, you know, person coach this long at a one one stop? And I was like, you'll never see it again. You'll never see what you saw, um, you know, and, and, and I'll say this, too. Vince Dooley had those, you know, those years where they win the SEC championship, I think, 76. And then you have the 80, 81, 82 years. But Vince Dooley also didn't get a chance to have that playoff, uh, you know, the playoffs where there's no telling how many times he finished fifth or fourth. It could have, you know, could have swayed uh, them getting longer into postseason, those types of things. But I think the, the what he did community wise entrenched into Athens, Barbara Dooley, Derek Dooley's entire family. Um, many people probably don't know that Mike Bobo married into his family. So there's a lot of connections there through, through the University of Georgia. 
uh, still, but but Vince Dooley, uh, his imprint and what he did for University of Georgia, I mean, he is Georgia. So I, I know at some point they're going to do a public uh, ceremony, and that thing is going to be my my high school head coach played for him, Lynn Honeycutt. Uh, my high school offensive line coach, Randy Johnson, was an All-American under him. Uh, I got a chance to talk to both of them recently, and uh, today he still was was you know invaluable in their lives. I can't even imagine the amount of players and people that will be when they wind up having a public ceremony. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and I wrote about this the night that he passed away. Um, but I, you know, he was always around the community. I remember being at a Monsignor Donovan game and watched him walk by the sideline. I was like, oh my God, that's Vince Dooley. Yeah. And uh, I wrote about my favorite memory with Vince Dooley. I didn't have a ton of interactions with him, but I was still in Auburn when Pat Dye passed away. And, you know, I thought I'm going to write a story and talk to Vince and, and just talk about, you know, the fact Pat played at Georgia and coached Auburn and obviously Vince played at Auburn, coached that's, Georgia. That's crazy, isn't it? It's so it's so wild and uh, got in touch, you know, got to shout out Claude Felton. He uh, helped me get in touch with one of Vince's daughters and, you know, Vince w- uh, agreed to an interview. And I'm telling you, Rusty, I was nervous and I've been doing this for a while. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to talk to Vince. Talked to him. He was great. You know, had all kinds of sharp memories, you know, remembered all kinds of things, his interactions with Pat. And, you know, I'm getting on the interview. I, I tell him thanks. And uh, he was like. Do you think you can mail me that paper, you know, when that story comes out? And I wrote this in the column, but I said, if I had to handle, if I had to walk to Athens from Auburn and hand deliver it, I would have done it. I was like, yes, sir, I will, I'll mail it as soon as we get it out. And, and by golly, I made sure I did. I talked to somebody that is very, very close to Vince, Coach Dooley, and his mind, now he, he got sick recently and he went downhill pretty quick with that sickness, but his mind was there all the way to the end. Like he was still sharp having conversations, you know, in the, in the last hours uh, before that. So it tells you mentally how strong that got 90 years. I mean, that, that's, that tells you that that's different DNA. Uh, Cause that's what I think somebody said, that's 1% chance of making it to 90, you know, those types of uh, coast Dooley will be missed. I know you could see the, you could see in Kirby smarts voice and message uh, you know, what, what he meant to Georgia and, and his family. And I can imagine how many conversations Kirby Smart had with Vince Dooley over the last five or six years, uh, you know, as a head coach at Georgia. Thoughts and prayers to everyone who knew Coach Dooley and loved him because obviously a very hard time. But great to see all the the uh, opportunities people are taking to honor him and, and talk about their memories. That's been so cool to in, see. Invaluable they won, you know, him, him there. You know what I mean? Like I can imagine – at 89 years old, him thinking, I lived long enough to see one. You know, that probably was a, you know, a big, like, off of his chest, like, I lived long enough to see another one. And everybody sees that picture of Kirby Smart and, and Coach Dooley hugging and both of them, you know, tears in their eyes. You could tell what that meant to both of them. But for Kirby to be able to win one with Coach Dooley still there, that that that, that probably meant the world to him. We're going to wrap up this episode again. Appreciate everybody who's watching and listening. Appreciate Rusty for hopping on. Going to get out of here on that uh, until Wednesday. We'll have another one. Till then, take care. Should you ever 
set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.